Right on. Well, I'm excited about the ladies' event, that's for sure. Apparently, I'm not invited. Um, but yeah, I know, uh, actually, the last ladies' event I was around, but just like doing security, because they picked the tallest guy, the buffest guy, to kind of take care of things if, if anything got out of control. Um, no, but I, I remember there was a lot of ladies, and they seemed to all be having just a, uh, an incredible time, so um, I know it's going to be another great event. Um, these guys are coming forward, so that's wonderful. You guys are wonderful. And uh, so this morning, we are going to take a few moments to just share the goodness of God in our, in our lives. And these four individuals specifically are going to be sharing what the Lord has done in their lives. And we want to give testimony to who Jesus is. And so that's what we're going to do this morning. And the last time we did this, um, we had a lot of feedback that people were just really encouraged to see just what's going on in individual lives at, here at Impact Life Church. And sometimes, um, as a congregation, you don't always get to see or hear what's taking place. And so we want to make sure that that opportunity is given so you know and you can see firsthand just some of, some of the things that the Lord is doing in and through people's lives. And, uh, you know, the heart behind this, even Psalm 71, 16 says... I will come forth in your mighty strength, O my Lord God. I'll tell everyone that you alone are the perfect one. And really, we are here to give glory to God. These four individuals are obviously going to come and share what the Lord has done. But we are here to give glory and honor and praise to our Lord Jesus Christ because it's all about him. It's because of Jesus. Sometimes we, uh, Leanne's wearing her Because of Jesus t-shirt today. It's because of Jesus that we have a story, that we have a testimony, that we have something to share. And so we're going to do that this morning. And so I'm going to start over here with Andy first, and then I think we'll go Chelsea, and then for the sake of uh, the mics going around, it'll probably just be easier that way. So Andy, go for it. Andy has a passion for a lot of things that I'm probably not too sure of, but um, he does have a real passion for the next generation, and so he's going to share a little bit of the, the grandfather heart this morning with you. Yeah, go for it. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you. Come out on the IT roads. I know it was a rough road ride from Innisfail this morning, but we made it. Uh, and I just want to speak briefly on my role as our role as grandparents and as a grandfather myself. We started having kids 40 years ago. That'd be my wife and I. <laughs> right? And now we've got four and a half grandchildren. We've got our fifth one due here in January. But parenting today looks a lot different than when, when we started 40 years ago. And I'm a lot smarter now than when I was 40 years ago. We go old too soon and smart too late, right? So, and I made a lot of mistakes along the way, and mistakes in our lives, raising kids, have a bit of a ripple effect. So, as, a, as grandparents, as a grandfather, I recognize that if I want to allow God to do some reparation, that I need to strategize, we need to strategize on what grandparenting looks like. It doesn't look like parenting did. Uh, you know, I was pretty authoritarian. I realized that doesn't work. You know, uh, and um, it's caused some problems with my kids, right? So, and 
really, if you think about the ripple effect, what my son learned from me, he wants, he has a tendency by default to do that with his kids. So I need to counteract that, right? We need to recognize that in our culture, there's a war against our kids. There's a war to steal our kids, and it's ultimately Luciferian. It comes in all different shades, right? It's on media, entertainment, now in the schools, right? They're teaching stuff you would never, never have done when, when we started as a kid. Those, aren't the pro those are the challenges that my, our kids have today with their kids. So we need to do whatever we can when we strategize to help with the raising of our kids, right? So to recognize that, and the attack has really come strong in the last 10 to 15 years. It's really come, and you know, like as a grandfather, I can go as a grandparent, we can go, well, my job's done and I can relax. And I think that is not the right attitude. So one of the things the enemy would like to do, he, was like, he would like to cancel me because of my mistakes. He, the, he would like to use guilt. He'd like to use shame. He, but, but you know what? My position, my job, my role as a grandfather is a positional role. It's not a behavioral role. It's not based on my behavior. You know, God says a couple things. He says in um, Proverbs 13, 22, he says, The benevolent man leaves an inheritance that endures to his children's children. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be that guy. Yes. And I think that as Christians, we all want to be that type of person. Yeah. A benevolent person. What's benevolent? It's kind. You know, it's gracious. It's... You know, like willing to work extra t to go. So and I believe that's strategizing with your grandchildren. So what does that look like? What does strategizing look like? I think that it looks like, like I said, don't be an authoritarian person. You know, treat your grandkids with love and kindness. We're not out of the game yet, right? We're still in the game. And of course... You know, you've all heard this. When I get my grandkids, I can fill them up with sugar. Or they can run around, right? And then the parents get to take them home, right? Well, I get to do that, right? I want the kids to say, Grandpa's house, Grandma's house. Yeah, let's go. So then we strategize, right? So we have barbecues. We get sleepovers. You know, we sent the tent up in the basement and the kids in the sleeping bag in there. They love that stuff. Lana, the other, a, little, a couple months back, strategized, she went on YouTube and learned some magic tricks that she taught to the kids. And they loved it. They said, this is the best time we ever had. Like that's the kind of imprint you want to leave on your kids, your grandkids, when you're done with them, right? Take them to McDonald's, right? Who cares what the parents say, right? Take them. Babysitting, okay? Be, a, be available, right? Um, Lana, again, my wife's amazing. She is really strategized. She went on YouTube and learned how to do balloon twisty. Balloon animals, animals and stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. Right? And the kids loved it. Again, that was the best time we ever had. That's what they say, right? So I think don't let the enemy take you out as a grandparent. Be genuine. Like when you make mistakes, admit it when you're wrong. Don't stand your ground. Well, this is like, that doesn't work anymore. Sorry. Doesn't work anymore, right? 
Don't be naive to what's going on out there, because really, ultimately, there's lives at stake. We need a grandparent with the intention of developing relationships in our kids that we can eventually speak into their lives. That's where we want to be. Right? We don't want to be laid back. We don't want to be the crotchety old guy, that person. Right? We don't want to do that. We want to be genuine. We want to strategize. We want to win them over. We want to have influence in their lives. And the only way you're going to do that is if you spend time with them. How do you spell love? T-I-M-E. That's what works with your grandkids. And so, ultimately, we want to leave an inheritance. And that's how you do it, through relationships, with spending time, and you can ultimately speak into their lives. Thank you. Thank you, Andy. Yeah, what a beautiful um, opportunity. I'm not there yet, but what a beautiful opportunity to kind of come as a, a supportive role to mom and dad or mom or dad or however that looks like today. Um, I think as grandparents, we definitely, sorry, I shouldn't say we, grandparents definitely have a, 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 a beautiful opportunity just to speak into the life of, of the next generation. And, you know, I was just reminded again of that, the theory of first mention. And I think, again, with, with what's going on in, in culture, I think it's so important as believers that we, we are the first ones to, to, through the word of God, highlight how God desires for us to be living and living in an honorable way. And, and so when our children hear it from us first, then they filter everything else through, through what we have said, through what the word of God has said. And it's just so important as, as, as Christian parents, uh, guardians, uh, grandparents, whatever it might look sure. like, that the theory of first mention of just bringing the word of God and making that alive to our, the next generation. You want to say something? Yeah, I think that everybody has to recognize that you're eventually going to be a grandparent. You guys with kids today, you are eventually going to be a grandparent. And that's a wonderful role to have. And I think that it just doesn't happen by osmosis. You have to strategize what does that look like, especially in today's culture. Because we're pushing back against what's going on out there. So just before Chelsea goes again, uh, 2 Timothy 1.5, I just thought of this scripture um, when I knew you were going to be sharing. It says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, right? So this is Timothy, uh, Paul speaking to Timothy, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. And then another translation says, and I know that that same faith continues strong in you. And so just Again, the impact that the older generation can have ultimately on the younger generation is so, so, so um, important. So thank you again for, for sharing, Andy. Chelsea, now we're going from grandfather to a young mom, and you've been doing amazing, Chelsea. And I'm just so excited to hear what the Lord has been doing in your heart. And this is more on, the, on a business front. So here's a... Yeah. Chelsea that's just been digging deep into the Lord and doing what the word says. So she's got a great story for us this morning. Well, first off, yes, I am the parent that gets to bring their kid home after they've had a bunch of sugar. (laughs) Um, No, really, though, like grandparents are such a blessing. Um, I just got to have a night to myself on Friday. My My parents took Vienna for a night And seriously, like, she does have the best time, and there is such an important role with grandparents in their lives. Um, What I'm speaking about today is in regards to business, 
And one of the first messages I heard when I came to Impact, Pastor Joel was speaking about our authority in Christ, and he actually did an entire series on it. Um, but I came for one of the very first messages. And he shared about Ephesians 2, 6, that talks about how we are actually co-seated with Christ and what the, the work of the cross actually means and everything that we have access to through that. And I remember for weeks, I just, I don't know, like I went to Bible college and I, I know the verses, but I had a revelation. It went from head knowledge to heart knowledge. And I just thought about it for weeks and weeks and that everything that Jesus had victory over through the cross, that I have victory over that too. And I began to see victory in my identity, in my mind and my health, my finances and my relationships. Um, and most recently I've been experiencing it over my business just learning what that looks like to have God as the CEO of my business, to have him at the center and allowing the Holy Spirit to really direct and guide the decisions that I make. And what I have to say about this is that I've really learned what a gentle father he is, that he's gracious in his leading and blessing comes when we allow him to have access to lead our lives. Um, there's a prayer in Matthew 6 that just talks about um, our beloved Father and may the glory be the center on which our lives turn. It talks about manifesting his kingdom realm and having his every purpose to be fulfilled on earth just as it is in heaven. Um, acknowledging him as our provider for everything that we need each day. Um, having him forgive us of wrongs that we have done, and also releasing forgiveness to those who have wronged us, um, asking that he would rescue us every time we face tribulation and set us free from evil, that he is the king who rules with power and glory forever. And in this past season, I was able to really experience the fruit of this prayer. It goes on to talk about later in Matthew 6 about how if he takes care of the birds, how much more will he take care of us? Being self-employed, I think there is a lot of anxieties that can try to come in about, will I be able to get clients? Will I keep these clients? Am I going to make enough money this month? And really meditating on these scriptures has brought me, honestly, just like a funny piece that I don't worry about, am I going to have enough clients? Honestly, if I'm going to worry about anything, it's about how do I fit all of these clients in that I'm being blessed with? And just knowing that I will be taken care of um, enough that I can actually bless other people too. Um, so my business hasn't just been my source of income, it's my ministry. I get to speak into and love the clients that God has connected me with. Yeah. So, and recently I went through what I would say is a tribulation <laughs> um, with my business, where really suddenly the place I was working at shut down. I was left with no place to work, no product, no access to my clients. And the funny thing about this 
is that two days before all of this happened, I had such an urgency in my heart that I needed to get a home studio going. I had to renovate my basement. I called Julian. <laughs> he showed me how to mud my walls and get them primed and painted. And I thought it was because God was calling me in the next month to um, venture out on my own and take that next step. But the cool thing is that he knows everybody's hearts and he knew that the studio that I was at was gonna shut down and he was preparing me to be taken care of. And even better than that, a few weeks before that, I was blessed with a chunk of money that paid for a big part of being able to renovate my studio the, up to the standard that I wanted it for my business. So I just wanted to encourage anyone today that God wants you to experience the fruit of the finished work of the cross. He calls us the head and not the tail because of Jesus. And when we have that revelation, it just pours out of us. And as you give him access to be the center of every area of your life, he will do more than anything you could ever imagine. Right on, Chelsea. You know, I was just trying to remember, there was a specific scripture which maybe you read where Pastor Joel was sharing a scripture and, and it just sort of like, in that moment, you knew what you were to do. Is that correct? Was that the scripture at the very beginning? It, it's okay. If we don't remember, maybe we'll try to remember for another time. That was a little bit what Chelsea was sharing with me. But what I thought was really cool about it is, of course, Pastor Joel, Pastor Jamie will get up and they're sharing the word with us. And um, I don't even know. I remember thinking, I don't even know if that's what Pastor Joel was trying to get at. But that's how awesome God is, is that when we, just, when we just absorb the word, when we allow him to do what he wants to do in our lives, he'll, he'll make it work for our sort of situation, right? Uh, and so, so thankful for his word. Thank you, Chelsea. I know there was a, a number of other individuals that went over and, and helped Chelsea out. And it really was kind of funny. It was like, um, yeah, can you come over and just sort of help? Oh, like, and I'm thinking, oh, we got a little bit of time. She's like, yeah, I need to like open on Monday or something like that. And it was like, oh, so we got like a couple days. Um, but yeah, it was great just to see what the Lord's done. And yeah, and the Lord's totally blessing you in that ministry that we call work, right? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, Chelsea, this is, again, a really common, uh, popular verse, so to speak, but, it, but it's so, such truth. It's take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him and he will do this. Psalm 37. You know, I know you haven't done it perfect because I know you, you're not perfect, but, but you've, <laughs> but you've, you're doing incredible and you're just saying, God, I'm available and I'm open to what you want to do. And he's leading you and he's guiding you and he's directing you. And it's just beautiful to see what, what the Lord's doing. So thank you for sharing again. Yeah. All right. Janelle, are you ready to go for it? Go. Yeah. Okay, I'm Janelle. ready to go. Thank you for being here. How's everyone doing? <laughs> Good. Well, I love testifying. And I, so much so that I called my album Testify. So this is like the best this morning to sit up here and to say, I'm alive, I'm still, still kicking because Jesus saved me and put me here and I want to tell the world about it. You know, I know that's how John feels, you know, we're alive because of Jesus. <laughs> and so I, I, have a, I have a few testimonies to tell um, because, you know, life isn't easy. And uh, I could tell you about how 
God healed my son, Wyatt, who plays the keys up here. Um, he wasn't supposed to be born. Like, he shouldn't be here. Even after he was born, he was only two pounds. He, the enemy could have take, he tried to take him many times even after that. So I could tell you that story. It's really good. You're going to have to have me back again. Or I could testify about God's protection program over my husband when there was an attempt to take his life. I could testify about how the angels protected him, and it's on video, unexplainable. I could testify to that, but again, you might have to wait. So today, I really felt led to uh, speak and, and to testify on God's goodness, and particularly in the area of hope. I don't know if there's anyone here. I know God's told me as I was preparing that there were some people in the room today who have said this week, I just have no hope. I don't have any hope for the future. I've lost my vision. I, I've lost my dreams. I don't even know what I like to do anymore. I don't know who my real friends are. I feel alone. I have no hope. And if that's you today, I want to speak right to that because it is a lie from the enemy that wants to kill and destroy you and take you out. And so I hope my testimony will speak to the thing that's dead inside of you this morning and that it would awaken and come to life with the truth of the word. And so six months ago, I really despised my mandate, worship, leading, music. I, I just despised it. I was like, I don't even want to do this anymore. I don't want to sing again. I'm, I'm just done. I'm done, Lord. Done. I told my mom, stop talking about music. Don't tell me to write any more songs. Done. And uh, I really felt like Paul, when he described his, his and, um, directive from God as a thorn. Do you remember that? When he described his, his directive with God, I think it was in 2 Corinthians, he said, God, take this thorn away from me. He asked him three times. I felt like Paul. I was like, just take it. I don't want it. And if it wasn't for my son and my children, but particularly Wyatt, I probably would have thrown the towel in on all of it. Except I had made a little error. I had poured into a child all of the anointing, and I pulled music out of him for years. I made him practice. I made him fall in love with Jesus in that area. And he was like, Mom, you can't stop. And if it wasn't for him, I remember thinking sometimes, I don't even want to do this, but because Wyatt, i got to do it for Wyatt. And it was my son that, would, that kicked me out of the bedroom and said, you can't do this. And what I didn't realize that Pastor Joel, and I feel a little bit like you, this is the same kind of thing, Chelsea, Pastor Joel would spend the entire summer and even this fall talking about grace. And listen, I'm same. I've been a Christian my whole life. Um, I've taught the word, I've spent time in the word, I've done ministry. You know, you would think that I should have known what grace was. And it was the same thing. It was like a revelation hit my life, like a bat to the head. <laughs> and I had totally missed 
what God was trying to say when he says, here's my grace. I, I had missed that. And I had no idea my spirit had not captured that true message of grace in all my years. And God showed me a picture of myself clinging and clawing my way through life. Is there anyone like that? He actually showed me I was holding a ball, like a, just a little kid's toy. And I, my fingers were indented into it because I was clinging so hard to it. Because I was so afraid of dropping it. You know, I didn't want to screw up. I didn't want to take anyone else out with me. I didn't want to do the wrong thing. I didn't want to displease God. So I thought if I just cling on to this ball and hold it to myself for as long as I can, maybe God would be pleased with me. That maybe that would be enough. Maybe that was grace. And God showed me that I had to let go and and that his grace wanted to throw the ball to larger places. And I was just clinging for dear life. And his grace showed me that I could let go, that he could throw it, and that I was still going to be okay. That it was still him that would be in control. That Janelle, it wasn't me, had nothing to do with what I could do or work hard enough to do. And it was hard to let go. I remember a Sunday when Pastor Joel had my brother Jordan come up on the stage and let him like free fall. And I thought about doing it this morning with Jordan, but there's no way that I would let my brother do that because I don't know if he would like accidentally let me fall. But anyways, (laughs) that's how it felt. It did. It felt like butterflies in your stomach. And in my mind, um, God, I thought God would just let me fall because I wasn't good enough if I just gave up trying. And out of that season of confusion, hopelessness, and loss of vision, now, I hope that you're hearing these words, because if this is you, confusion, hopelessness, loss of vision, I realized that I had to stop, and you have to stop trying to fix it and free fall into the true message of grace which is this right here. (laughs) And so slowly glimpses of hope started sprouting in my life. Creativity started blooming, whether I like it or not. We have a chihuahua and every time you go to play the piano, he just starts like, ah! And I felt like that. Every time Wyatt would go to the piano and still, I'm like in the kitchen cleaning, so I got to stand up. And I just, I'll just be like, how great is our God? I can't stop singing because the music and the, and the drive for what I wanted to, to give to God would just come out of me naturally. It wasn't forced. It wasn't something that I felt like I had to do for man. It was like, God, I just want to sing for you and forget everything else going on. Amen. And and am I too long here? Am I okay? God's goodness was allowed to have free reign in our home because we just relented to him. We gave up working so hard, performing, you know, pleasing man. And we relented and laid down our weaknesses, our own plans, our own agenda, holding that ball. And we threw it out and went, God, we're just going to throw it now. We're going to let you, and let me tell you, in the last even couple weeks, God has just exploded our little thinking. 
He was like, I'm so glad you're ready to let go of this little thing so that I can explode you into more to the world. You know, we think so locally, and God wants us to think internationally. And, and really, that's it. And so in return, we started digging into the word, and the Holy Spirit retaught us through this message of grace how to pray to him. Because I think each one of us has our own little way. He's our father. He knows how you talk to him. He knows you so intimately. And he taught me the way that Janelle Malkin needs to talk to him so that Janelle Malkin gets close to him. And, and, and he's just that good. He's just that good. He's a good, good father. And so I want to leave today with this, with this last verse. And, and you know it in 2 Corinthians. It's the thorn verse. And in that cry out to God where Paul's going, take it away. He sa- it says he asked God three times, take this away, take it out of me. I, I don't even want to do this for you anymore. God says this back, my grace is always more than enough for you. And my power finds its full expression through your weakness. Wow. There's even a, I'm just going to go one deeper into the mirror. And it says this, that grace is God's language. Um, He doesn't speak thorn language. He said to me, my grace elevates you to be fully content. And now instead of being overwhelmed with a sense of your own weakness, he overwhelms me with an awareness of his strength. Oh, what bliss to rejoice in the fact that in the midst of my frailties, I encounter the dynamic of the grace of God to be my habitation. And that's where I live because I'm just human. So are you. And I live right there in that bliss of his grace. So I hope you are blessed today with that. Thank you, Janelle. You know, it's so exciting to, again, just to see what the Lord's been doing in your life. And just to clarify, she had kind of said that Wyatt, you know, she made a mistake to raise Wyatt the way she did. Um, she actually really likes Wyatt. He's a great guy. Um, loves it was the plays. right decision. Yeah, it was the right decision. <laughs> it was just a Wyatt moment made. of weakness yeah, that just, I thought um, that. <laughs> yeah, so just wanted to clarify that just in case anybody was like, dang, what's going on here? Um, but, you know, uh, I was thinking, Janelle, this morning... Uh, again, I had an idea of what you were going to be sharing on. And uh, there's in 1 Samuel 16, uh, where it talks about Samuel anoints David. Um, I know you're Janelle, but the principle here is um, where Samuel was like going to be, you know, thought he was going to be anointing like all of these other, the, the older brothers. And then it got down to, um, to David and says, it, 1 Samuel 16, 7, um, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And then in 13, uh, verse 13, it says, so Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. And Samuel then went to Ramah. The, 
But I, what I wanted you to hear was, and from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him. And I just feel like it's, um, maybe it's kind of obvious, but like a new season for you. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, John, here you are. Thank you for driving into town this morning. Well, uh, no, I am in town, but you in uh, town. thank you for well, the invitation. Okay, well, thanks for yeah. driving around no, the corner. It's terrific. Uh, um, We're glad you're here. Don't take this wrong, but I uh, appreciate you, but we really love Pastor Joel. Okay, that's all right. <laughs> that's all right. I'm okay with that. Okay, okay. Uh, all kidding aside, uh, yeah, my name is John Hanson, and I appreciate the, the opportunity uh, to, yeah, just uh, enlighten those on, on my recent healing testimony. Um, uh, and yet, as I'm sitting up here, uh, it, it came to me that, that other than this recent healing testimony, uh, about six, seven years ago, I had another healing. And that was one where I went from a heart Christian to, from a head Christian to a heart Christian, and we accepted my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ into my heart and, and publicly professed it and was baptized at that time. And that's really the start of of and and the foundation of I do believe of my healing, but uh, I, it just came to me that I needed to solidify and and put the foundation down on that. So, um, in any event, uh, uh, last year, um, in the height of COVID, uh, in the summer, I ended up with pneumonia. Uh, I spent about ten days uh, trying to heal heal myself between clinics and 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 a trip to the emerge. Uh, but uh, after about 10 days, uh, I felt that my breathing wasn't good enough and went back to Emerge and, and they uh, said that my oxygen was low and, and I had to be admitted. Uh, for one that had never been overnight in a hospital ever in his life, this was a new experience and, and I didn't think that much about it, but I thought it would be a short little trip. Uh, needless to say, it didn't quite work out that way. Um, from day one, um, the doctors and nurses uh, were pushing me to agree to an induced coma and uh, a ventilator. Um, although I had oxygen, I was clear of mind. I felt like I could actually be in my office working. It's just I was having a hard time breathing. So I was challenged with that and said no, and uh, which they didn't appreciate. Uh, they also informed that because of uh, COVID, there's no visitors, uh, no nothing. I'm in quarantine, and uh, and and so I accepted that. Um, however, on day two, to my surprise, uh, a good friend of mine, Pastor Sean Ham, uh, somehow showed up at my door in the ward that I was on, uh, although dressed. Uh, like I had the bubonic plague, he was covered from head to toe. Uh, he stood at the door, uh, covered me with an amazing bold, bold prayer, uh, but also provided at that time uh, a little healing cloth that the, that the church that we were attending provided. And this healing cloth is just a little piece, piece of material, but it has the words, Jesus heals on it. And so I gladly took it. Um, at the same time, he provided a little declaration book, and this is called God's Creative Power for Healing by Charles Capps. Um, 
it has about 40 different daily declarations and also some some direction and some teaching in it to 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 put your mind in in the perspective is that we are to trust believe and expect our healing um hoping is good but we have to have the faith and uh and through through this little book that i read many many times along with the bible that my wife had provided for me in a little care package uh the bible and this and in fact this little healing healing uh, uh material kept falling off my body so i said hey nurse we're gonna fix this and this left arm was full of all kinds of different needles and tubes and stuff but the right arm was free so I taped it to my inner forearm right there and uh, and it stayed there for the duration of my stay uh, so every time someone would walk in they'd see me all hooked up on this side but on this side they what's that about and so it was an interesting opportunity for me to to have a subtle influence but also a testimony that I appreciated the doctors but my true healing came from Jesus um, after, I, I guess in the doctor's world I was not uh, a good patient because I wouldn't agree to things that they said and uh, there was things some meds that they wanted to put me on and uh, so for over over about eight days, they, they pushed this hard. Um, and every day on, during that time, they still said that I needed to agree to be to go into a coma and, and be on the ventilator. Um, I kept saying no, because other than oxygen, I felt pretty good. And then uh, on day eight, uh, it came down to a realization that the doctor walked in and he said, well, uh, you've got two options. Uh, you can either agree to the ventilator or we're going to move you to palliative and we'll keep you comfy, comfy until you pass. Oh, okay. Well, um, we had an amazing prayer team of friends and relatives uh, within the church that I was involved in, but also through family and friends. And the the prayer warriors gathered and and there and there was a two hour span that I had to make this decision and so during that time uh, all these prayer warriors and, and I actually call them uh, my prayer angels because uh, there was an amazing thing that happened and I, I still can't totally understand it but it was there was a sense that came over me and a feeling that Although I was in the room, in the bed, with all this stuff hooked up to me, I had an umbrella of angels over covering me. It was, and, and that's the only way I can explain it. And I had a peace, a peace about me that passes understanding. I was good. No matter what happened, I was good. And so the doc walked in about two hours later, and, and much to his surprise, I said, okay, let's go. Um, let's, I'll, I'll do the ventilator. And, and so immediately they moved me upstairs. Um, and that was on about day eight or nine, I think. Um, uh, again, um, let's see. Hmm. 
in in the opportunity when they move you up to ICU I didn't know this but they bring you into an ICU prep room um, and they did their thing and then they told me I had about an hour uh, before I'd get moved into ICU and and the ventilator and so during that time uh, I, I I took the opportunity to make some video messages to my wife to my kids to my grandkids and and yes um I, in the midst of tears flowing um, because of the concern of the loss, of the hurt, um, of the miss for them. Um, and yet I had, I had an amazing piece about me because I also had tears of anticipation, tears of anticipation that I could soon be seeing Jesus. And... And there was an uncanny peace about me. I had no fear. I had nothing. I was just, no matter what, Lord, I'm in your hands. Uh, you've got this. Uh, whether you want to take me home or whether you want to leave me and heal me so that I can do more work, it's up to you. And I gave it to him. Um, Yeah, I've got I've got notes here, but I've kind of skipped over some some things, so I'm going to go back and forth. But um, so once I get into ICU, the intent was for me to have uh, have this ventilator right away, and for some reason, uh, that didn't happen. Um, and so after day one, uh, they were still waiting, and lo and behold, my good friend Pastor Sean ends up standing at my door in ICU. Uh, that was uh, uh, an act of God because nobody was allowed in ICU. And uh, my, good, my, my good pastor friend, he stood there and, and at the door um, because they wouldn't allow him in um, with healing oil, with anointing oil. Uh, he... he, he <laughs> He tried to stealthily uh, cover the room at the door frame, and every time he did that, the nurse would walk up and wipe it off. But, uh, but he was more stubborn than she, and ultimately, uh, after doing that, and, and, and boldly, uh, here we go, boldly pleading the blood of Jesus over me and declaring that by his stripes I am healed. Um, the doctors and nurses... Uh, thought that he was a little strange and didn't understand all this, but uh, that was fine. I knew exactly uh, why he was doing it, and and I appreciated it, and and I was thankful. Uh, although this ventilator was supposed to happen quickly, here we are, almost the end of day two, and uh, lo and behold, there's Pastor Sean again, and standing at the door. Uh, praying over us, but at this time I also asked him, can you just pray over the patient beside me, but also the, the, the doctors and the nurses, right? Just cover, cover the room. And, and he did, and it was terrific, and, and he left, and, and I felt good, uh, although I, I, I felt as good as I could if you're in ICU. Um, and what happened next is... Is, is, is really the healing testimony. Uh, about, a half an, about a half an hour later, the chief 
uh, ICU doctor came in my room. And uh, it was interesting. He looked, yeah, uh, not frustrated, not confused. Um, but what he said was, um, this doesn't happen. We don't understand how or why, but your vitals are improving. And you're being moved out of ICU. That's good. good stuff. Yeah. I, I lifted my right forearm, pointed at it, and uh, said, uh, I know why. Jesus heals. And it was another opportunity for me to testify uh, of the importance of putting our faith in Jesus before anything else. And so Amen. it was good. It was so good, and I was so thankful. Uh, about eight days later, on day 18, I was discharged. And pleased to say that over the past year, I've regained all my strength, and I, and I thank the Lord for that. One of a couple of the interesting results or realizations that have happened since this is that there is a huge importance for prayer partners because I do believe they're virtually your army of angels when you're in need. So creating a friendship, creating a, a, a team um, within, within impact, outside of impact, um, that are just Christ-centered prayer warriors is critical. And, and I am so thankful for everybody that covered me and prayed for me. Yeah. Um, the other interesting thing is since I was discharged, it's as though the scales have been removed from my eyes. Um, I, I, I don't know exactly know how to, how to relay it, but, but it's as though I see and understand things differently. Um, in fact, that's one of the main reasons that we decided this past January to uh, make impact our spiritual home. Um, there's just, just an amazing grace-filled message uh, that comes from this house, and we're very, very fortunate to be part of it. Um, through it all, uh, God is, is in control. Um, he's a loving Father, and through His grace... I am growing in my Christian walk and becoming the son and kingdom builder that he expects me to be. Yeah. I thank you for this, Jesus. Yeah. And thank you all for your love and support. Amen. Awesome. Thank you, John. And you know, just even John saying that just the grace message that's coming from here, I know because I get to do life sometimes a bit more with Pastor Jamie, Pastor Joel. They are heavily dependent on the Lord every day. Say, Lord, we want to we wanna operate how you want us to operate. We want to speak what you want us to speak. And so I know that they would say in a heartbeat that it's, it's because of Jesus. They are so grateful that, that he's called them for this season to pastor this group of people and just to do what the Lord has called them to do. So, um, again, thank you for, for sharing, John. It's so encouraging to hear just the, the, that healing testimony. Um, you didn't give up on yourself. 
people didn't give up on you and the Lord was faithful to heal you. So that's such a beautiful story. Well, thank you everyone for sharing this morning. I just wanted to share one more scripture as these four head down and Pastor Jamie comes up. Um, we were talking about this as a team uh, last week, but then we, um, I also had it written down here last time we did this panel and it's such a fabulous scripture. It's found in Psalm 32, 8 and 9 in the Passion Translation. And it says, I hear the Lord saying, I will stay close to you, instructing and guiding you along the pathway for your life. The NLT says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. Then it goes on to say, I will advise you along the way and lead you forth with my eyes as your guide. So don't make it difficult. Don't be stubborn. When I take you where you've not been before, don't make me tug you and pull you along. Just come with me. And you know, again, I just think hearing these stories again, it's individuals just saying, God, we just want to go with you. We just want to go with you and we're going to do what you've called us to do. And, uh, and I tell you, there's good results when we do that. Amen. Amen. Pastor Jamie, here you are. Excellent. Well, I'm here just to wrap things up this morning. And like Julian said, we just want to thank you for being who you are, for making impact your home. The Lord has got big things in store for us. Um, and I just want to encourage you. It says in Revelation that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So if we're not bold to share what the Lord has done in our lives, it doesn't have to be from a, um, a stage platform. Share it with those in your world. Share it with other Christians, of course, but share it with those who don't know the Lord because that's going to be the spark that is going to turn them on to the Lord. So again, thank you to those who are bold today. I know any of you could have been up here, and I do want to encourage you. You all have a story. Let us know. We want to do more of this where we get to share the goodness of God because it spurs on our faith. Amen? So Pastor Joel will be back next week. And um, we'll also, for the month of November, be doing a little bit in the service every week about our heartbeat and what we're called to, to do here. But even more than what we're called to do is who we're called to be. So look forward to that. You belong here. Thank you for coming. We will see you throughout the week.